0: I guess you just had a briefing a couple of hours ago um where you got some details about this local jurisdiction assistance grant program so so how can it be used in the county and how much is it
1: gosh well those are all really good questions so right now because it's um part of the budget trailer bill and the budget process it's still in proposal phase so you know um hopefully all goes well and it's maintained within that budget process which um, we expect to um, pass I believe at the end of June I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a hard deadline for July implementation of the budget so am um, assuming that the budget proposal passes as currently um, stated in the cannabis trailer bill the budget trailer bill the governor's office is looking to allocate $100 million to 17 local jurisdictions for the purposes of assisting um, local applicants in transitioning from provisional to annual licenses at the state level.
0: Oh, that's like 82% of the, the people who are in the program right now, right? Well, 80, yes,
1: 82% of the um, supply chain, the, the licensed supply chain is operating on provisional licenses. And the way that the funding is set up, um, it it should, um, like I said, if it passes, um, it would be um, supporting the transition of 60% of the provisional license holders is what we were told. So it um, would directly impact the or provide assistance for 60% of the state's provisional license holders
0: so that's a lot better than the 10% that we keep hearing we expect might make it through. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is, you know,
1: that's Mendocino specific. And that's um, really because we're in this tricky situation having a ministerial program. Um, Ministerial programs don't provide the permit holder with the project-specific SQL analysis that the state requires in order to achieve an annual license. So while folks might make it through, say, that ministerial permitting program locally, um, it's a pretty nebulous situation for them getting into the annual license at the state level with that type of a permit in hand.
0: So would this money be used to help the individual growers meet CEQA, or would it all be like for the the county and local governments to conduct environmental review for their regulatory purposes? Like, how does it break down?
1: Right. So um, it's really specific for assistance for provisional license holders. But local jurisdictions can also utilize that funding to um, ensure their ability to Um, process permits for provisional license holders in a timely manner. So um, the exact parameters and guidelines and structure for the grant has not been determined, but the intention is that local jurisdictions could utilize some of those funds to assist with staffing and tools and technical assistance necessary to ensure the timely processing of permits internally. Um, And then also... Um, directly pass funds through to the applicants themselves. So if applicants need technical assistance to, to um, say conduct biological studies or um, um, uh, say prepare CEQA paperwork's initial studies or in Mendocino's case, um, fill out the Appendix G paperwork right that's offered under 10A17 they could we could pass funds through to the applicants directly um, so that they could um, afford or pay for those services consultants to assist them with those portions of their application process Um, there's also um, funding available for mitigation and water conservation efforts so um, as applicants come through the program the 10A17 program um, we could um, develop say uh, a water tank program, something to help them meet their storage requirements that are mandated um, by the Department of Fish and Wildlife for farmers that are utilizing surface water um, and or also just um, provide water storage to help reduce the impact to groundwater reservoirs as well. Um, But it would be specific to folks that are in that Provisional licensing program. It wouldn't necessarily be for new applicants that are potentially going to come in under 2218 should that ordinance pass. It's only for folks that are participating in the state's provisional licensing <coughs> program. We also can provide funding for mitigation efforts. So, um, folks who have um, lake and stream alteration agreements and need to replace culverts or install rolling dips. Um, All of these components are part of the overall SQL compliance picture that's required of farmers. So um, we could pass funds through to applicants to um, manage the cost of those projects set forth by DFW.
0: I know that phase one in Mendocino County, according to our application process is closed, but it looks like the governor, the governor's program says that people can continue to apply for provisional licenses through the end of June 2022. So can people in Mendocino County still apply for provisional licenses, even though phase one is closed? Yeah,
1: I mean, I would say that it we do have some locally authorized individuals that Um, were locally authorized under the ordinance, 10A17 that have not yet acquired their provisional license. So I would say, please go do that ASAP, right? Apply for and achieve your provisional license because now's the time to kind of get into the state licensing program so that we can finalize processing your local permits. And then this funding, arguably if it moves forward would be available to them for assistance. But if they don't have that provisional license at the state level, we will not be able to assist them, I don't believe. Um, And according to the trailer bill, I think maybe this gets to your question a little bit more directly. Um, According to the proposals in the budget trailer bill, um, the, the ability for the state licensing authorities to issue new provisional licenses has been extended through July 1st of 2022. So currently we have a January 1st, 2022 sunset date on that program, but the trailer bill acts to extend that ability to issue provisionals for six months. Once you have a provisional under the trailer bill proposal, there is no timeline for expiration of that provisional license, although the state will require um, proof of progress towards meeting your CEQA compliance and those benchmarks for that proof of progress are yet to be determined.
0: And does this grant program kind of make SB 59 redundant or does it have any implications for it? SB 59 would have extended the provisional licensing program, but a
1: couple of things have happened, right? That um, that extension to the provisional licensing program um, was kind of drawn into the um, budget trailer bill, right? So... Whether or not SB 59 moves forward in some form or fashion this year is yet to be determined. Um, The legislature also recently released guidance to its members um, saying that they only, each legislator, could only move forward 12 bills. So at this point in time, I think it's questionable um, as to whether or not. Um, Senator Caballero, um, will choose to move SB 59 out of the Senate and into the house. So if she, like the bill has been through all of the policy committees in the Senate at this point and is slated for a vote of the full Senate on the floor is what we would say. Now, if it goes to that vote of Senate on the floor, um, and passes, it would move into the assembly and then it would count as one of her 12 bills. For the year, so whether or not she'll choose to move it is has not yet been determined. As far as I know, um, she could um, simply leave it, and um, it would remain a viable vehicle for next year, should it be necessary. Um, and and so you know we run a two-year bill process in California, um, and so this is the first year of a two-year bill process. So she could essentially park it. <laughs> And then it's still a vehicle that could be utilized next year. So I I just don't know what the senator is going to choose to do with the bill at this point.
0: I want to go back to a few questions about the environmental measures that Mm -hmm. this money that's come to us could be used for, or might come to us could be used for. Um, And of course, one of the things that's on my mind is the potential for a local referendum if. Um, the Board of Supervisors passes an ordinance that's, you know, that the people object to. I'm wondering if this money could be used for the county to conduct an environmental review and take some of the pressure off of the supervisors and sort of satisfy the the environmental demands.
1: I think that's highly unlikely because conducting an environmental impact report or conducting an initial study and then preparing the subsequent environmental or the subsequent CEQA document that that initial study would determine um, would not directly provide a pathway for the county's locally authorized permit holders to meet their annual licensing requirements. So I don't think that that would qualify for an appropriate use of these funds.
0: I read an article in the Press Democrat yesterday that the Board of Supervisors in Sonoma County threw out their ordinance, and they were hoping to apply to the, the Cannabis Local Jurisdiction Assistance Grant Program, and they're hoping to apply for a, a $1.16 million grant to do environmental reviews. And so I don't know if that's a separate program that, that they're no. eyeballing. I think that's the same
1: program. I think that's part of this $100 million. Um, The question did come up on the briefing this morning. And while we didn't receive a definitive answer, um, it did seem like it would be questionable um, simply because, like in the case of 2218, right, the environmental review that would be associated with 2218 would actually be associated with new applicants. Those new applicants would arguably not qualify for provisional licenses because the county would not be authorizing their activity until they had undergone the entirety of the application review process, the environmental review process, been issued a local permit, and then issued an annual license. So currently under that program, We don't anticipate anyone qualifying for a provisional license. The only exception that may occur, and it's yet to be kind of um, solidified, so to speak, is that we are hoping that should 2218 pass, that's a full discretionary permit program. Every single application submitted under 2218 is subject to full project specific sequel review right so in the case of 1017 where we have 1149 locally authorized applicants some of those applicants are going to need their permits conditioned which is not My apologies, which is not um legal for us to do under a ministerial program, which is what 10A17 is. So um, the Board of Supervisors and the Planning Commission has expressed the desire and the willingness, right, to find a pathway for folks that need their existing permits conditioned to transition into 2218 and maintain operations. That group of Persons or applicants would be the only folks under 2218 that would likely qualify for um, the funding we're talking about at the state level, the $100 local jurisdictional support funding.
0: Okay, so the phase one growers are, they're still under 10A17 though, right? Correct. Okay, so do they qualify for the money?
1: They do, but as I mentioned... There is a high likelihood that a significant number of those cultivators will require some sort of conditioning of their permit in order to meet SQL compliance. So, by conditioning, I mean, yeah, let's, you let's know, under we undergo the review, right? We we um, take in the application materials, we review the application. Um, A number of them will be doing sensitive species habitat review processes with the county and Department of Fish and Wildlife potentially. And if during the review process that occurs with those applications identifies anything that might create a greater than less than significant impact, we either have to fail that applicant or find a pathway through 2218, hopefully, because that's the only foreseeable pathway down the road here, to apply a condition. So say under a sensitive species habitat review, it's noted that there's a road on the property that's too close to a waterway that's dispersing sediment into the waterway. We would have to, under 10A17, fail that applicant because that could create a uh, greater than less than significant impact. If we had a conditional permitting process, we could flip them into a conditional permit under 2218, we could legally bind the validity of that permit to fixing the sedimentation issue on the road, right? That would be a condition that we could apply that they would have a specific timeline to manage upgrading the road, rocking it or decommissioning it and seeding it, whatever the appropriate mitigation measure might be. So it's just a kind of a simple example of, you know, we're probably going to have a lot of folks that need that, that might need water storage, you know, put in place or road fixes or sites moved and relocated. Um, There's a number of things that um, are likely to arise.
0: So it sounds like all of this money is tied to specific applicants it's not tied to the situation of the county so the county couldn't say okay well we want to do this eir we want to do a hydrological study like the the water district out in covalo wants so it's it's Mm -hmm. not gonna deal with that
1: no there's no way for it to deal with that um we could, I think, create water conservation programs for folks that are in 10A17 as long as we can move them through to annual licenses, right? So we have to figure out, A, how to keep them operational, B, how to complete their permits in a manner that allows them to qualify for annual licensing. Right. (laughs) But, you know, we're really looking at 2218 as providing a broad pathway for us to ensure that we have the ability to move them into a conditional permit process so we can meet the SQL requirements of the state.
0: You may have already covered this, um, but this doesn't apply for any any new applicants, people who might apply next year now that, you know, phase three is open and they say, okay, this is clearer, now I'm going to apply. It's like, no. I think it's unlikely.
1: I, I think that the timeline is going to the timeline of July 1st, 2022 for the licensing authorities to issue new provisional licenses. I think that timeline is, is likely too short of a timeline for someone to come in as a new applicant under twenty two eighteen, right. And run a conditional use permit process and get a provisional license at the state. Right. It's, it's, Possible, but I think what they would have to do is have already this year been having really significant foresight about the ordinance and investing in already conducting an initial study on their property. They would have already had to probably have undergone a biological review and have all of their CEQA documentation and application materials prepared so that on the first day (laughs) right, that 2218 is available for them, they walk in with a fully complete CEQA compliant application. That is about the only way they would possibly qualify for a provisional license from the state, because again, they can't go to the state as a new applicant under 2218 and apply for that provisional until the local jurisdiction has fully reviewed their application, um, and that application has been heard by the planning commission. <laughs> and the permit has been issued. Until that permit is issued, they cannot apply to the state for a provisional license. So, you know, here we are, June or well, May, but by the time we get an ordinance in place, should the ordinance pass? It's going to be June. So, and then if the um, board takes the commission's advice, right, the commission's guidance, and we see a initial 60- or 90-day window for just 10A17 folks to move into that review process, right, it's going to be more like, end of August, beginning of September, would be the earliest that we're anticipating, a new applicant could come into 2218. And that's a really tight timeline, right, between now and then. So they would literally have to be very on top of preparing all of their application materials probably starting this year in February. So maybe a few might squeak in there, but I think it's it would be very hard. They would have to be very prepared.
0: And how does this scenario change if 2218 gets repealed by this referendum that's sort of looming?
1: (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a great question, um, and it makes me um, shudder (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when you ask it. Because, I mean, I'm really concerned that if we don't have a discretionary permit pathway, and the only way to get to that discretionary permit pathway is through 2218, That um, we're going to have a really hard time assisting the applicants that are operating today in achieving annual licensure. And that's the goal, right? Getting these folks fully compliant and into annual licenses. Um, I just don't have a way to condition these permits. So, it's, it's, it's a, it's a painful answer. I don't, I don't really want to think about it, <laughs> but I mean, I think that, you know, we, under 10 a 17, we have the appendix G bridge, but it's, it, it still is not a discretionary process. It still doesn't let us put a compliance agreement in place that mandates environmental mitigations or improvements, right? So currently I don't have a pathway to hold someone accountable for rocking a rope, putting in a hammerhead turnaround, dealing with a fire break, you know, um, putting in water storage so that they're taking pressure off of the groundwater table. You know, I don't, like we just don't have a way to do it under this ordinance. So I, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I, like we would probably lose a lot of folks that couldn't do that and i so it isn't it's nerve wracking
0: right and with the potential extensions i'm still thinking about them what happens if the county is required to do environmental review if they don't get an ordinance passed by the end of june and they have Um, to go forward with that will local um you know and that maybe takes a year or two
1: (laughs) try three to five that's i've heard (laughs) so many years
0: that's what Kristen said said three to five and then the sonoma board of supervisors thought a year year and a half but it seems like everyone's got a a different it kind of depends on how much
1: environmental data the local jurisdiction has already right so um in order for mendocino to conduct a thorough environmental impact report or analyses that takes into consideration cumulative impacts. That is a really in-depth study um, and I don't know how up-to-date the data is um, in the environmental impact report that's associated with the general plan. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot there that could be applicable currently. so. Um I think this is part of what leads us to believe that it would be around a three-year timeline to finalize an environmental impact report for the county because you have to do the initial study and then you come back with um, a draft, right, impact report or CEQA document is what I should say. And then there's, you know, a lot of public input on that document. And then, you know, so it has to go through the entire process of coming back to the public as a draft, being heard for review in supervisors' chambers, planning commission, going back to the supervisors' chambers. There might be um, multiple iterations or amendments to that document. So I think we should anticipate that it would be um, in the... um, million dollar range for the county and then that it would take around three years to complete that process Um, once that process is completed then the county can finish writing its ordinance because that environmental document would dictate the performance standards that would be inserted into the ordinance and then once that ordinance is finalized with those performance standards in it Then, and only then can the county decide to issue the opportunity for applications. So we would be about five years out, likely, before Mendocino County was even could consider issuing permits. So a referendum and an EIR at this point would be like about four to five years before we had a legal pathway for cannabis cultivation in the county.
0: And the same would be true if the board doesn't approve an ordinance by the end of June. Correct. So the stakes are pretty high. The stakes are pretty high. So I, you know,
1: I don't, this is why, you know, there's not just, it's, it's not just about new cultivation with 1087 or with 2218. It's also about how we help support the cultivators that were brave enough to come in under 10A17 in this new regulatory program. I mean, it really is the pathway for so much. So there are some pretty significant consequences to not passing an ordinance and then potentially having an ordinance undone by a referendum. I do think, like, um, if we can move forward, the opportunities of utilizing that money for mitigations with the existing cultivators would have significant benefits to the environment. I think that's really important to note, right? Um, helping them meet SQL compliance, helping them um, with water conservation and manage their projects for their lake and stream, bed alteration agreements would have, I believe, pretty significant benefits to the environment. The grant fund that Mendocino County has qualified for should the 100 million grant fund move forward in the budget is eighteen million eighty-four thousand eight hundred and thirty-seven dollars, and that figure is based on the anticipated cost of those eleven hundred and forty-nine locally authorized applicants meeting their full sequa compliance—not so just what they need, but what the county needs to process them through that.